Welcome to the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast, and we're coming to you from the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. I am joined by Seattle Seahawks senior reporter John Boyle. John, thanks for stopping by. Hi, Lindsay. How are you doing? Uh, so we got to meet three times during the 2022 yeah. campaign. It's good to run into each other during the offseason. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, all three went your way, so... <laughs> Got to get a little better in the offseason, hopefully. We'll see how 2023 goes. So, obviously, we're here at the NFL Scouting Combine to take a look at the 319 top prospects that will be rebuilding the rosters. But before we get to that, let's talk about coaching turnover on the Seattle Seahawks side. Fill us in on what's going on there. Yeah, the Seahawks, you know, as you guys well know in San Francisco, when teams win, you lose some assistance sometimes. And they did lose a couple of their top assistants. Their longtime quarterbacks coach, Dave Canales, went to Tampa Bay, where he will be the offensive coordinator. And then Sean Desai, who is associate head coach on defense this year, he's going to the Eagles to be their defensive coordinator. So a couple of tough losses to replace. But, you know, the way Pete Carroll always sees it is you want to help guys grow in their career. And it's a good sign if guys are getting these opportunities. So you're, you're happy for the guy, but they're tough to fill those jobs. Yeah, definitely a big coaching vacancy on the 49ers side as well. Been widely reported. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's taking off to be the Houston Texans head coach. Now we have defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes coming in. Highly touted. Uh, served as the interim head coach for the Carolina Panthers this past season. So a lot of enthusiasm on that side. So taking a look at draft needs for these two organizations, vastly different. Mm-hmm. Two first-round picks for the Seattle Seahawks. How does that affect the you know combine approach and then also the free agency approach? Yeah, Pete Carroll and John Shire have talked a lot this week about just what a rare and unique opportunity this is for them. You know, obviously, if you're doing well, you're drafting late, and for most of the time they've been here, they've been a good team drafting you know in the 20s, whatever. So to have that number five pick that they got from Denver, that gives them a chance to maybe add just kind of the elite talent you usually don't get to draft late in the first round. And then I think they feel like they have a lot of flexibility with the two first round picks and two second round picks that even if they can't address a certain need in one spot, they're going to have a good chance to, to hit it somewhere in those first two rounds. So it's it's a good great place to be. Yeah. And in terms of positions of need, mm-hmm. where do you see those for the Seattle Seahawks? You know, I think it starts up front on defense. They talked a lot about just needing to be more dynamic, more playmaking up front. And it, it's not necessarily as simple as like you need an edge rusher, you need an interior guy it's just somebody you know they can be flexible and they've got enough guys in those spots they like that they don't feel like there's just one obvious hole but they need to find a playmaker there whether it's you know if there's somebody in free agency or even better somebody you can get in the draft who's younger and cheaper then yeah that that'd be a big get for them if they can just get more disruptive on defense you know it's interesting john schneider talked about yesterday is kind of said we saw it up close in that playoff game of kind of the gap between where the 49ers are clearly better than the Seahawks right now is that toughness and athletic ability up front to just really make difference makers in the trenches. Manscaped is the official below the waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. You can't think of a defensive front without talking uh-huh. about Nick Bosa. Yeah. <laughs> 2022 and, and NFL go- Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> and that's kind of getting back to the point, like, where you're drafting. I mean, the 49ers had to, unfortunately, have some bad seasons yeah, and exactly. have a losing number two overall, right, yep. to have that top pick. And 
So that's where the Seahawks feel like, okay, this is our chance, whether it's, you know, whether they like a quarterback or whether they like a defensive guy, this is a chance to add some sort of true difference maker at that spot. Uh, the 49ers, obviously, in a totally different situation. Uh, the pick is going to start in the third round, whether it's pick 99 or 100. We just don't know yet because it's a bunch of compensatory picks in that third round. Um, for us, it's going to be a strategy of finding those late round gems. How would you uh, put into words, I guess, Pete Carroll's draft strategy? You know, I think you really look back at what they did last year, and they talked about, you know, they didn't like drastically change how they did things, but I think they did just a better job, they feel like, of bringing in the right kind of, the right fits, not so much physical traits, but just attitude-wise, competitiveness-wise. And they brought in a bunch of young guys who were ready to come in and compete for starting jobs. And we saw it pan out with, you know, five starters, seven guys who contributed pretty significantly out of last year's draft class. Um, and with all these picks and the high picks, they're going to fully expect to find those guys again who, you know, you never want to draft fully for need, but you want guys who can come in and have a chance to, to compete for, for big roles right away. And I wanted to zero in on the quarterback situation. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, with Gene know Smith winning comeback player of the year but also entering free agency where does he stand and all yeah you know right now they're talking obviously Pete and John aren't going to give us a lot of insight into how the negotiations are going but they're working on that trying to get something done before he can, he can become a free agent Gino Smith made a clear after the season he'd love to be back here but look this is his one chance at you know the big payday he's never had in his career so you can't fault him for for wanting to get what he can right now so you know we'll see how it goes everybody wants him back I think probably ultimately that's the route it's going to go because both sides seem to want to happen but what's interesting that we heard yesterday is whether or not they get Geno Smith back there seems to be a sense of you know we could still take a quarterback number five even if we have Geno Smith because again those chances to draft there are rare by all accounts there's a lot of first round talent at quarterback in this mm-hmm. draft class so if one of those guys you know the four or five names we keep hearing about in the first round yeah if they really like one of those guys at five or if it's a trade you know back a little bit or whatever situation I could definitely see a scenario where they come out of this draft with a quarterback in the first couple of rounds and Geno Smith on the team yeah I've heard it talked about throughout this combine just that sometimes the quarterback classes obviously aren't as strong and like you said there's four or five of those quarterbacks that could potentially go in the first round so we'll see how it all shakes out uh, can you just fill us in on the type of player that Geno Smith is. We've obviously seen his production on the field, but mm-hmm. off the field and what he brings to the Seattle Seahawks locker room. Yeah, you know, he was such a good locker room guy, and that's why I think he he came into last season with, you know, I think his teammates were really behind him, really giving him a good shot early to succeed in that competition. Not that Drew Locke wasn't given a shot, but just when you've been here a few years and the guys really respect you, that helps a lot. And then just in terms of a passer, I, I think just because he he things didn't work out early for him, He's a backup forever, and people just kind of make assumptions about him without actually seeing him. But if you watched him practice the last few years, there's a ton of arm talent there, and that's what we saw. You know, he led the NFL in completion percentage last year, making a ton of, you know, not a bunch of easy checkdowns, making some big throws down the field to guys like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's a really good player. And then I think just the, the competitor he is is a guy who – waited a long time knowing he was better than me what people thought about him and knowing that he could be a productive quarterback if he got that shot so just kind of the mentality to stick with it that long and then to seize the opportunity the way he did it's really cool to see I also wanted to take a look at the NFC West at large obviously top two teams in the division sitting Mm -hmm. (laughs) sitting right here but uh, just your outlook early outlook for 2023 for the Seahawks and and the division as a whole yeah I mean the Seahawks are fully expecting to to be a competitive team you know challenging the 49ers and pushing for the playoffs again you know if they get this draft right you can add a couple more 
talented guys. You have a you know a young class of guys last year that you expect to only get better. I mean, you think about it, you started two tackles, two rookie tackles all Pretty season long. Pretty good rookie long. running back too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, running back who's a rookie of the year finalist, a cornerback who's a rookie of the year finalist. All those guys should only get better next year. Um, and then you add, you know, what you can add in free agency in this draft class. You got to figure out quarterback. That's obviously the big yeah. thing right now. But, you know, if if Geno Smith is back or if they develop a young guy, they're going to fully expect to be right in the mix. Division wise, I, it's so hard to figure out, you know, what what the Rams and Cardinals are going to be just because yeah. all the different changes, Lots you have of, coaching yeah, changes. You know, the, the the Rams trying to bounce back from a tough season. So, you know, I, I think as always, it'll be competitive. But I, it's way too early to know what it's going to look like beyond. You know, I think we all expect the 49ers to be right up there again. Although, what what are y'all doing at quarterback? That's the big question isn't it yeah so uh you know as we have some good updates yeah. trey lance is on track to oh, be back in time for otas in may brock purdy did suffer a slight setback just to some swelling in the mm. elbow so that surgery is going to be delayed but could happen as soon as next week and then they're projecting him to be on the six month timeline okay. so we shall see may also be in the market per john lynch for a backup quarterback so i think that's uh probably going to work itself out yeah. in the next couple weeks uh so You've been with the franchise for since 2015. 2015, yeah. yeah. I, I covered the team before that, so I've been around the team for since 2009. So, fill me in on how, from personal experience, how you'd characterize this division rivalry between the 49ers and Seahawks. Uh, I mean, I love it. It's you know, I I love to see it kind of get back to where it was, and we I think we saw a glimpse of that. Like I mean, reigniting this yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, again, Agreed. like like yeah. I said, the Seahawks have a little catching up to do, but. You go back to the early, you know, Pete Carroll days when Harbaugh was in San Francisco and just those teams, it wasn't just that they were like the best teams in the NFC, but how physical they were and just how tough those games were. And you just, it just felt like such a great battle every time they met. So, you know, if the Seahawks can maybe get those guys in the trenches, they need to just get a little better up there and, and figure a few things out. It, we could hopefully get back to a, a rivalry like that because it's, it's a lot of fun when there's a couple teams up, up top battling each other. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. I know that the three meetings this season obviously did not pan out exactly how mm -hmm. the Seahawks would have liked it. It was okay for us. Um, do you have a favorite memory or just like a favorite play from those three three meetings? I don't know. I mean, probably the late in the first half of the playoff game was pretty exciting when the other six yeah. were kind of hanging around and they, they hit that deep ball to DK Metcalf. And you're like, oh, wow, they're, yeah. they're really in this. And <laughs> Obviously, it got away from them later, but that was probably, you know, I think they knew some things were going to have to go right for them in that game to, to get the 49ers, and they, they, had, they had some chances early and then unfortunately got away from them late. What I'm learning very quickly just from completing this first year of being in the NFL uh, coverage game that there's really no lull in the offseason. Oh, no. <laughs> maybe get a week here or there. Yeah, a week here or there. So what is the most exciting thing for you as a media member to be covering the combine and just seeing the talent that is essentially set to enter the league? Yeah, I mean, it's fun to see these guys and obviously watch them perform, but I also like, you know, getting to spend some time around our scouts and seeing what they do because, you know, they're not always in the office that much and when they are they're kind of in their own world so this is a good time to catch up with some of those guys and find out a little bit more about their world because it's such a, a vital part of a successful franchise is that scouting department but it, it, a lot of it goes on behind the scenes where people don't really get to know about so we like to try to tell some of their stories as well here cool um and we'll just close this out any other off-season hot topics that you heard from your general manager or from pete carroll no i mean the big thing really is you know getting this draft figured out so they can take advantage of all this draft capital that they have and then you know 
know, figuring out quarterback. There, you know, there's always some other things they need to decide in free agency. You know, guys they might try to bring back, guys they might go at. But it's really it's so much right now about getting that quarterback situation figured out. Yeah, I, I have to say kind of the same on yeah, our side as well. sounds familiar, huh? Well, thank you so much for of your course. time, John. And thank you guys for submitting your questions. If you'd like to be featured on our next episode, make sure to submit on 49ers.com slash mailbag. And make sure to check out this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Thanks so much.